Welcome to this week's The Good, The Bad, and The Yummy. Let's go. Welcome. You're on air with Ella, where we share simple strategies and truths from people who are doing something better than we are. Whether it's wellness or fitness and fat loss to just living better and with more energy or changing your mindset to accomplish more in your own life and succeeding however you define it. This is where we share the best of what we're learning from the experts, and we're learning more every day. Live better, start now. Hey, welcome to this week's The Good, The Bad, and The Yummy, where I share one thing I'm loving, one thing I'm not, and a super simple clean eating recipe. All right, let's jump right in. I want to start this week's with some special announcements. I am going to be in a couple of places, and I want you to join me. I am going to be in New York City on October 11th. We're going to have a very casual listener meetup there, nothing fancy. So if you can be in New York City on October 11th, then you definitely need to be on my mailing list, and I will send you all of the details. Again, very cash, you know, just fun, after hours, possibly a little adult beverage and something to eat. And I might even have a surprise guest. Stick around, and uh, I'll let you know sometime in September. Okay, I also am going to join Elizabeth Benton. You know Elizabeth. She's been on the show several times. She's a buddy of mine. We did the whole five-day fast together, and she is, of course, the host and creator of Primal Potential. And she does a workshop, a weekend workshop called Ascend. And I'm going this year. So I'm going to go as a guest speaker, and I will put on the website a link to a conversation that I had with Elizabeth all about the Ascend weekend workshop. I would love for you to come. It's Elizabeth's thing. It's Elizabeth's workshop. I'm going as a participant and a speaker, and she still has a few slots available. If you're interested in coming to hang out with the two of us, jump on the show notes for this episode and hear all about it. You will start to hear me doing more in-person events, more meetups, and more uh, speaking engagements. I don't think I've really told you guys much about my speaking engagements, but that is something that I do and love to do. And if you want to learn more about how to engage with me in that capacity, you can jump on onairwithella.com about Ella and find out all about the workshops that I do and the keynotes that I do. Just FYI. Okay, I have a lot to cover in this episode, so let's get right to it. I had a listener question about omega-3 fatty acids, and it was so interesting because um, Karen asked me a question about it on Facebook, and then Andrew asked me about it via voicemail on my website. Did you know you can do that? You can leave me a voicemail at onairwithella.com. Let's listen to Andrew's question. Hello, Ella. My name's Andrew. I have started listening to your podcasts and have been in catch-up mode for a large part of this past year, and I'm just starting to become current. Um, you really helped me. I really appreciate um, your thoughtfulness, uh, your goofiness, and uh, just being real. I wanted to suggest a topic on omega-3s. I don't know if you've done this or not. I haven't found it yet. I've heard you touch on it and say we need it. So, okay, we need it. We know we need it. Um, there's so many poisons or waste of money because they're so high in six. I'm wondering if you could tell us who to buy it from. We know we need it. Who do we buy the best omega-3 from? That's my suggestion. Would really like your input uh, from someone I trust. Thank you. 
All right. So, Andrew, thank you for that question. And Karen, thank you for asking on Facebook as well. And I just want to give a special shout out to Andrew because I know I know we talk about some girl stuff on the show. We talk about makeup. We might occasionally talk about our periods, whatevs. And so, Andrew, I just want to thank you and all the guys, give you a big fat shout out. And I love having you guys as a part of the audience. And I hope that you get something out of every single show that we do, even if we talk about periods. Okay. So by the way, Andrew, I totally, totally heard you call me goofy. Just let's just acknowledge that. (laughs) Just kidding. Welcome to the show. I'm so, so glad to have you. All right. So I learned something. I love it when you guys ask me a question and I end up learning a little something more. And the truth is I'm sort of in Andrew's boat. Like I know omega threes are good for me. I was sort of taking it for granted and I was popping fish oil uh, non-religiously and was inconsistent about it just because I'm like, oh, I think I'm supposed to do this. And so in doing the homework, I have a renewed vigor and a renewed interest in my well-sourced quality fish oil supplement. And I'll tell you why. But let's start with the basics, okay? You will hear about omega-3 fatty acids. There are really omega-3, omega-6s, and omega-9 fatty acids. And omega-3s and omega-6s are the two that you hear the most about, okay? There are two types of fat that are essential for human health. But in the typical American diet, and I'm going to go so far as to say typical Western diet, we consume far too many omega-6s in our diets, and we consume, generally speaking, very low omega-3 levels, all right? So omega-3 comes from both animal and plant sources, and the primary animal sources are krill oil and fish oil. The primary plant sources are flaxseed, chia, and hemp. Now, omega-3 fats come in three main forms, DHA, EPA, and ALA, all right? ALA is found in certain nuts and seeds and pastured animal foods like grass-fed beef and dairy, and EPA and DHA are found in fatty fish like salmon and mackerel. Most experts say that EPA and DHA are superior, and therefore, people who have a strictly vegan diet can suffer from low omega-3 fatty acids, at least the two that are critically important to all of the widely accepted benefits of omega-3. So they're saying, yeah, you might be getting a nice, well-rounded, healthy diet, vegans and vegetarians, but you're not getting enough of the EPA and DHA. You're just getting ALA. I thought that was super interesting. I had never really spent any time in the detail there. But in general, most omega-3 benefits have been attributed to EPA and DHA, so you would want to focus more on consuming those omega-3 foods. The health benefits of omega-3 fatty acids are immense, and they've been proven effective in the treatment and prevention of hundreds of medical conditions. You often hear them referred to to treat brain uh, injury, brain health, brain function, to help combat depression, to help heart health. The list goes on and on and on. In fact, I don't want to read them all because it's like coconut oil. It's like good for everything, right? But the the benefits of omega-3 are not really in dispute. But let's talk about omega-3s relative to omega-6s. Now, omega-6 is primarily sourced in our diet from corn, soy, canola, safflower, and sunflower oils. These are overabundant in the typical diet, which results in excess omega-6 levels amongst most of the population. So the ratio matters here. The ideal ratio of omega-6 to omega-3 fats is one to one, but experts say that the ratio averages really for those eating a, a, a diet high in processed foods or hydrogenated oils and you know foods that come out of a box, they say that the ratios are actually closer to 20 to one 
all the way up to 50 to 1. So instead of having a 1 to 1 ratio or even a 2 to 1 ratio, we are off the charts in imbalance between our omega-6s and omega-3s, okay? That means serious risk for heart disease, for inflammation, and the list goes on and on. Again, the most common people who are omega-3 deficient include those who consume a large amount of processed foods, hydrogenated oils, and those on a vegan or vegetarian diet. I mean, we could not win. So this raises the question, how do I get more omega-3s in my diet? And there are foods that are higher in omega-3s and will help you with a healthier ratio. They include Brussels sprouts, cauliflower, seaweed, nuts. I will post a, a link to some of this information in the show notes, all right? But the truth is, is that being low in omega-3s or or having an imbalance in your ratio is something that's sort of widely accepted as being generally true for the population. Just like saying we have low vitamin D levels and we tend to sort of all be low in magnesium. These are generally accepted as true generalizations. What that means is it's not a horrible idea to supplement with a fish oil or a krill oil or even a vegan oil if you're looking to enjoy the benefits of a more balanced ratio of omega-3s and omega-6s. But apparently, there's this big debate going on in the, with the people who debate these sort of things between whether you want to take a fish oil or a krill oil. I'm going to link to an article by Dr. Mercola who says that krill oil is where it's at and it is far, far superior to fish oil. But I'm not super interested in krill oil because it's sourced from a crustacean that is sort of shrimp-like, and I'm just not a fan, okay? But but for those of you who really want to deep dive into this and who really want to understand what your options are, I'm going to link to that article because Mercola makes a pretty strong case for krill oil being superior to your fish oils that I'm going to share with you. But again, I'm just, I'm not into the shrimp-like crustacean thing. They're just not my thing. Fish oil supplementation can be tricky because a lot of standard fish oils that are sold in big box stores, they're rancid. And it doesn't take much effort to look into that to find out what a problem this is in the industry. And I've even posted before, I'll see if I can find it and link to it. There's a test you can do at home by picking up a few styrofoam cups. I know you don't have them. I know you have to steal them from somewhere. So steal them from church or school and bring home a couple of styrofoam cups and flip them over so that they are open side down and pour your fish oil into what is the bottom of the cup, okay, but it's on top now because your cup is upside down, and let them sit. A rancid fish oil will eat through the styrofoam, I kid you not. If your fish oil does not eat through the styrofoam, this is bueno. This is positive. Now, I did this test and one of the fish oil supplements that I had in capsule form ate right through that styrofoam. And then I was very happy to report that the one that I was actually currently taking by spoon, it was a liquid, not a capsule, was not rancid. And that is what I continue to take. I fluctuate between two brands, Green Pastures Fermented Cod Liver Oil and Carlson's cod liver oil. Those are the two brands that I use and that I will post to in the show notes. And there is a third option if you are strictly vegan, and that is Udo's oil, which has a ratio of three, 
six, and nines. Omega threes, omega sixes, and omega nines. And it has a healthy ratio. I'm not a huge fan of going out of my way to consume omega sixes just because I feel like if we suffer from an imbalance already, why am I taking an oil like Udo's that is going to increase my omega sixes when the whole point is to increase my omega threes to get a healthier balance? I couldn't find anyone who could answer my question as to why we would take the supplement that included omega-6s. Is somebody out there, if you know the reason, then please tell me. So I'm going to stick to my non-vegan options, and that is Green Pastures Fermented Cod Liver Oil or Carlson's Cod Liver Oil. You know I will have links to everything I just talked about in the show notes for this episode 128. Okay, can we talk about constipation for a minute? Because a lot of you are, and a lot of the Western world is constipated, and that makes the laxative industry a multi-multi-billion dollar industry annually. And I'm not sure if people know how bad laxatives are for the human gut and gastrointestinal system, and I want to talk about it. So today's bad is laxatives. Of almost every kind. So there are several kinds of laxatives. There are bulk forming laxatives and there are stimulant laxatives and there are a couple of other kinds, but the bulk forming and the stimulant laxatives are the two that most people are most familiar with. Now, stimulant laxatives are the things that you buy off the shelf at a local pharmacy, for example. Stimulant laxatives are made with harsh, often toxic chemicals, or even herbs, natural herbs, that cause the intestinal muscles to spasm and to contract, hence the resulting cleaning out. The popularity of the stimulant laxatives often stems from the fact that they start working in just a few hours, right? So they provide relatively immediate relief. However, they're not only made of chemicals that are not great for you, that are not great for your microbiome, but when overused, and it doesn't take much to overuse them, when and if they're overused, stimulant laxatives can become incredibly addictive. Your bowel actually becomes dependent on this third-party stimulant, this catalyst, if you will, in order to do its job. That means that over the long term, it can cause serious damage to your intestinal lining, but the intestines can grow dependent on these stimulant laxatives to trigger bowel movements. That prevents normal intestinal contractions, and in some cases, it can shut your gut down where it will not work on its own volition. It's actually a condition known as lazy bowel syndrome when your gut stops working on its own. It results in what you might expect, which is a long-term battle with the constipation that you were seeking to avoid in the first place, okay? Your gut, your colon will actually lose muscle tone and strength if laxatives are overused. Now, bulk forming laxatives use highly absorbent materials like fiber and that helps increase overall stool mass. As the stool increases in size, the bowels are forced to expend more energy to force out the mass. And fiber and increased stool mass are sort of generally good things. But bulk forming laxatives can be dangerous because they have the potential to clog the bowels. One ingredient you may have heard of is psyllium husk. And psyllium is used in a lot of over-the-counter, you know, bulk forming fiber laxatives. But it actually can be extremely harsh on the gut. And if you are struggling with constipation, it can actually create a blockage in your colon where things, instead of moving along, don't move at all. 
these things aren't necessary. And so that's one of the things that I want to share with you, not just let you know that there are actually inherent dangers and risks to using over-the-counter laxatives, but also to let you know that there are some more natural remedies and one very natural, very free remedy that I'll share with you. So I have mentioned on the show before magnesium oxide, which is exactly what it sounds like. It's magnesium and oxygen, and it brings moisture into your bowel so that things flush through more readily. Now, I have already talked about it on the show, and I won't talk about it again here, but you can definitely look into that into previous episodes, and I'll link to that in the show notes because it's just a supplement you can buy at Amazon or elsewhere. But today, what I really want to share with you is a very natural recipe, if you will, for a saltwater flush. A saltwater flush is exactly what it sounds like. It's orally administered, which means you drink it, okay? And when you drink warm salt water, which sounds disgusting and it doesn't taste amazing, I'm not going to lie to you, when you drink warm salt water, it can have a very rapid flushing effect on your colon. This is not something to be treated lightly and it's not something to do regularly, but a lot of people just don't even know that this exists. The concept is that drinking a salt mixture ignites the body's own mechanism of natural detoxification and waste elimination. So it helps you get your digestive system back on track. And in the process, you know, you get that cleanse, almost immediate cleansing effect if it works for you. It basically forces your system to release backup. And in the process, you're releasing, of course, stored toxins and things that might have been hanging out in your gut for a while. Salt also can help clear up fluid retention, despite what you might think. So real sea salt or real Himalayan salt, real mineral salt, not the processed kind, not the table salt kind. It helps you lose extra fluid by properly balancing out electrolyte and mineral levels in the body and releasing retained water that your cells hold on to. So sodium and salt often get like a really bad name, but real sea salt is loaded with dozens of minerals and it's definitely a part of a healthy diet. And this is something that we've talked about before, the difference between table salt and mineral salt. And it's really important when you're talking about a salt water flush that you understand we are not talking about standard white refined table salt. We're talking about salt with a little bit of color, sea salt, Himalayan salt, mineral salt, that sort of thing. Now, you guys know that when you're talking about cleansing your colon and emptying your bowels and that sort of thing. Like this stuff is no joke and it's not something you want to just throw around and do regularly because it will hurt again the natural balance of bacteria in your gut and the healthy balance of bacteria in your gut, I should say. But most of the time, a saltwater flush is generally safe. Now, if you have a history of serious digestive issues or high blood pressure, talk to your doctor before doing a salt flush. In fact, if you feel particularly litigious, you should also talk to your doctor before doing a salt water flush. I'm not your doctor, okay? I am not she. But I do want to just introduce you to this concept so you can do your own research, all right? Using a salt water cleanse to relieve yourself of constipation, bloating, and gas is really, really easy and it's free. Now, the amount of water and salt that you actually use is important. The ratio matters. So I will put a link to the exact recipe that people recommend because if you do it wrong and you do too much salt or you do too much water, you're just going to fill up on a liter of salty water and nothing's going to happen. Okay, that's not good. I highly recommend doing a saltwater flush in the morning. You want to do it on an empty stomach no matter what. Plus, you are not going to want to go anywhere within 30 minutes to an hour after you do this. You will be occupied, okay? So again, it has relatively immediate effects. It does not 
or should not, I'll say, should not bother you for the rest of the day. That should absolutely not happen, but don't play around with this. If you do it for the first time ever, then make sure that you can take care of yourself as needed. But it really just, it's not, it's not dramatic. It just jumpstarts your bowels and you spend time in the restroom. Typically, you might have one or two episodes in the restroom after doing a saltwater flush. It's not something that's going to keep you in there for the rest of the day. However, I don't know your bowels and maybe you don't know how they'll respond. So do this for the first time when you have a little bit of control over the next few hours of your day. To give you a feel for this, this is something that I might do once every three months, okay? Or if you're doing some kind of fast, it might be something that you incorporate into a one-day fast or even a three-day fast, something of that nature. This is not something that I trifle with and do on a regular basis because I don't need to, and I just it just intuitively doesn't feel like something you should be doing very, very frequently, despite what the internets will tell you. There are a few lessons that I've picked up along the way and a few ways to troubleshoot this experience. I'm going to put those in the show notes. I got to tell you, the show notes for this episode are chock full. I have my conversation with Elizabeth Benton that you can just listen in on in the show notes. I have omega-3 supplements that I recommend. I have a link to the video I did on fasting and binge eating. And I also have the recipe we're about to talk about for the yummy And I have the instructions and the recipe, if you will, for a saltwater flush. So you are going to want to check out the show notes for today. I'm not going to go into a bunch of the troubleshooting tips that I have uh, listed for you on the air here. They're in the episode. So if this is something that you decide to do, you can always reference back to episode 128 and find them there. But do just know, if you hear nothing else, that regular table salt will not work, will not achieve the results that you want, and it's, it's not good for you. So just make sure that you know we are talking about real salt. Okay. All right. Let's move on. Let's talk yummy. I posted a recipe for coconut matcha fudge on Instagram and on Facebook, and it was amazing. But then I found one that was even easier. And you guys know, you know, if I can make it easier in the kitchen, I'm going to make it easier. So livingwellmom.com posted a recipe for matcha fudge that only has one, two, three, four, five ingredients. I don't know. It has six technically, but bear with me here. You know, I like to keep it super, super simple, and this definitely qualifies. Check this out. You take coconut butter, canned coconut milk, and coconut oil, then matcha green tea powder, vanilla extract, and then maple syrup or honey, and you mix it all together, and you put it in a six by eight pan and let it sit for a few hours and you cut it into pieces and you enjoy these fatty matcha fudge bombs that are super coconutty and crazy good for you. So a couple of things. Matcha green tea is you know, if, you, if you've read anything about it, then you know that matcha tea has 10 times the antioxidant levels of a sort of normal standard green tea. And green tea is already good for you. Yes, it has a little bit of caffeine. It is a powerhouse of nutrients. And I highly, highly recommend that you dive into the wonderful world of matcha. Now, this super simple matcha fudge recipe will be in the show notes for this episode, episode number one. 28. But it is that easy. I can't wait for you to try it and tell me about it. And you'll have a little buzz. 
Okay, you guys. Now remember, the show notes for this episode are going to have a lot of info in them. They're going to have the recipe for the saltwater flush. They're going to have links about omega-3s and some of the brands that I trust. And they're going to have that recipe that I just shared with you. But there's a bonus that will be on the website, and that is a recorded conversation between Elizabeth Benton and myself talking all about the Ascend Weekend Workshop. So for those of you who have no idea what these show notes are that I'm talking about, they're always on the website on airwithella.com and the most recent episode is always at the top and if you want the fastest way to access it you can just hit view full show description on this podcast on your phone and it will flip around and give you the live links right there in your hot little hand P.S. I almost forgot to tell you, I did a Facebook Live video that's also available on the website all about the relationship between fasting, intermittent fasting, and binge eating and triggering binge eating. It has had a huge reception. For those of you who are interested in any of those topics, fasting or binging, the video that I did is fully available at onairwithella.com. And you know what? Just to make it easy, I'll put that link in these show notes as well. So check out the site for this episode. It's going to have more information than usual. All right, guys, that's it for now. Have a great, great week. See ya. Okay, everyone, I hope you enjoyed today's show and got something out of it that you can use. If you did and you want to learn more, just go to onairwithella.com, where I put up links to all of the good stuff that we talked about today and more information about our guests and all the good stuff that you did not need to write down today because I got you covered. Don't forget to join our Facebook page and thanks for those phenomenal reviews in iTunes. Every great review helps and we read every one. Thanks for listening and thanks for inspiring me. You are quite simply awesome.